getting up close about social distancing on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and wow, what a difference a couple weeks make. Uh, There has been so much going on in this world. I shared uh, just about actually two weeks ago about the virus is when I actually recorded my last podcast, uh, released it about six days after the fact. So it's been almost two weeks since I've really talked about this and so much has changed in our society and world. Uh, We are learning more every day. We're learning more about the virus. I'm also learning more about podcasting. I'm realizing that if I need to be or want to be uh, up to date on current events, I probably can't record these podcasts too much in advance. Uh, So this actually is recorded on March 23rd, uh, just a few days prior to uh, its release, so that I'm more up to speed and up to date on the information that I can provide for you. We're going to be talking about uh, new things, uh, new things that we're learning, new words such as social distancing. Uh, These are new things in our society. And uh, before I really get into what I want to discuss about social distancing, let me just give you an update uh, as of March 23rd uh, in regards to COVID-19 or the coronavirus. We're learning uh, that obviously this is highly contagious and uh, spreading much more actively throughout the United States uh, since our last recording. We are, you know, I'm a medical physician and and work in the emergency department. Uh, We're seeing several people coming in uh, who are certainly sick. However, I'm happy to report in my county, Todd County in Minnesota, at the time of this recording, we've had no recorded cases. Uh, 235 cases in my state of Minnesota. We've had one death, which is certainly unfortunate, but not a high mortality count. Um, So we feel good about that. Uh, In the United States, the total uh, is three, 33,000 uh, with 400 deaths uh, recorded at the time of this recording. What I want to say is that this is expected. Uh, we, we are expecting to see certainly a spike uh, because we have other countries to go by and to monitor. We uh, would expect to see a fairly sharp rise in cases, and that is what we are seeing. Uh, We've learned a little bit about the virus, the viral shedding, and when I refer to viral shedding, when a virus enters the cell of the host, uh, in our case, human beings, uh, virus enters the cell when it's exhausted all of the resources of the cell and has reproduced, it actually breaks out of the cell, and that's referred to as viral shedding. And when the virus is released from the cells, that's when we are contagious to others. And uh, viral shedding, unfortunately, can occur one to three days even before a patient becomes symptomatic. And asymptomatic transmission likely contributes heavily to this viral spread that we're seeing right now in society. Uh, The median duration of viral shedding is 20 days. So it's quite a while where the patient is contagious. Uh, It is spread 
by droplet uh, probably contact probably or possibly airborne you're probably not going to want to hear this it's stable on plastic and stainless steel for up to 72 hours uh, it can be viable under aerosolized conditions which would be coughing sneezing uh, for one hour uh, so that's the problem with being uh, around and near other people who uh, are coughing and have the virus Again, the whole heart behind what's happening in society is another term that we've been learning called flattening the curve. See, we have to understand that there's going to be a spike and, and, and if we can uh, keep even one person from not exposing the virus to another, it saves many transmissions down the road. If I'm one person, I give it to 10 people. Those 10 people give it to 10 people. That's called exponential growth. And we're trying to cut and reduce the rate of exponential growth. So if we can have one person that doesn't spread the virus, stays home uh, and is isolated, uh, then that, that move, uh, that decision, then can have an impact potentially on hundreds, maybe thousands of people down the road. And so we're able to flatten the spike or the curve of transmission uh, and infectivity in our country. Now, we need to, over the next couple of weeks, have a real discussion. I look forward to that in my podcast. This is what I love to do about the role of the government, especially in a democracy, uh, in regards to, uh, to disseminating information to its people and our own personal liberties. Uh, it's a great discussion, and I, and I would love to uh, and look forward to uh, discussing that with you in the future. But really the heart, uh, as a medical professional, I know that the heart behind uh, the measures that have been taken, such as social distancing, shutting down of entertainment and non-essential services uh, and the like, is to not overwhelm the medical system. There's if a patient becomes infected with coronavirus and becomes critically ill and require, requires critical care, uh, there is only a limited number of resources that can be provided in our country for that critical patient. ICU services, ventilator management, uh, the, the more critical services that are provided. And unfortunately, that's what we've been seeing in countries like Italy, uh, where their, their numbers have risen so rapidly, it has exceeded the ability of the medical system in Italy to actually meet the needs of the people. And a critical patient requires critical care. And if they don't have access to that, that's when the fatality numbers increase. So we as a country are attempting to be proactive about this so that we can try to limit that and try to try to flatten the curve is what it means so that the medical system uh, won't uh, uh, in the future become overwhelmed with the amount and the, the essential critical needs of patients. So that's the heart behind it. And again, we need to have a discussion about personal responsibility, about our own decisions, about uh, living with liberty uh, and the role of a government to, quote unquote, impose um, restrictions on its people. I believe at this point it is a necessary injection into our society, even though there are great consequences. I don't think anybody's denying those. And certainly those of you as my listeners who are out of a job or losing a paycheck, um, it's, a, it's a severe, uh, real problem, not minimizing that. But again, it's trying to position ourselves to, to help as many people as we can going forward. And with all that being said, here's the punchline. We're going to be okay. This is expected. 
Uh, we are being proactive and we are learning more every day. And the beauty of flattening the curve is that it buys us time, time to find treatments, uh, time to find vaccines, uh, different measures that we as a medical community can respond to you uh, as the citizenry uh, who will require medical care. And so the more time we have, the less severe that we can make this, uh, the more time we have to implement real measures. So we're going to be okay. We've been through things like this before, although this feels pretty unprecedented, certainly in my lifetime. We're going to be telling our grandchildren about this. This is such an unusual time that we live in. When I go to work, it's like no other experiences I've ever had at work before. It is very different, and we learn more each and every day. So let me talk about my heart about social distancing. I have a few things to say because I, I, I always want to discuss culture. And wow, has this been an incredible test tube of culture, uh, what has been going around this world right now, the way we respond to crisis, the way we respond to one another, um, the way that we operate in compassion, uh, the way that we handle fear and anxiety. Um, again, I would reference uh, my previous podcast uh, entitled uh, Science and Virus and Bears, Oh My, uh, to talk about uh, responding to these things with uh, a sound mind in combination with the Holy Spirit to make wise, informed decisions. But let's talk about social distancing because I believe the key word is social. See, I believe, and we were just talking about this as a family, that we need each other. We are, we are hardwired to need one another. You know, if you took a human being and you dropped them all alone on a desert island, uh, it would be very likely that that person would go mentally insane. Now, I think that's a, a great testimony of the existence of God. And I think it's also not a great testimony for evolution. You can you can listen to my previous podcast entitled The Evolution of Really Bad Science to get my perspective on evolution. It's not an evolutionary advantage to actually need each other. If you took a grizzly bear and dropped him on a desert island, I think he's going to do okay. It'll be difficult for him, but I don't think he's going to go mentally insane. There's something very unique about the human psyche and the human brain and the human soul that requires one another. We need people. We would go insane, like literally insane, being all alone. And I believe the reason for that is, is that we were created in God's image. It's who he is. It's how he designed us to be, which means that we are his image bearer. We're also his personality bearer, and we are created like him. He is a social God. He is a relational God. In fact, I believe he created us because he wanted to hang out with us. He does not believe in social distancing. He wants to be close to us, even in us, to be that close. See, he never intended us to be independent. You can also listen to my previous podcast entitled Declaration of Dependence, where I give my perspective on even the, the American culture of independence and how that can be problematic in a king, with, with, um, can be problematic when we have a kingdom mindset. It's actually countercultural to his kingdom for us to be independent. We need each other. My wife is 
so supportive of me and the adventure, the, the ventures that I've been on and the ministry that we're doing together. And I, because of that, I've had the opportunity to write two books. Uh, my first book, Restoring the Power of Family. My second book called The Ultimate, uh, a book on marriage. And I wrote those uh, by leaving our home, uh, driving north about an hour to a condo on a lake. Uh, so I had some quiet to, to write. I uh, have eight children. I mentioned this before. And one thing we don't do at our home is quiet. <laughs> so it's very hard to focus and concentrate when I'm trying to write a book and share my thoughts. So I would go up to this condo. Uh, and, and at times I'd go up to this resort condo in beautiful central Minnesota on a beautiful lake. And it was in the winter time, which meant that this town and this resort was a ghost town. And I would go to this condo and it was social distancing on steroids. There was nobody there. And it was almost creepy quiet. It was so quiet and peaceful. Now, remember I mentioned that, you know, we can be introverted or extroverted. And, and you know, we've maybe even seen on Facebook or social media, how the extroverts right now are really struggling with social distancing. Now, I don't believe in being introverted or extroverted has any, anything to do with whether you like people or not. I think we're all called to like people, uh, to enjoy one another, uh, and we are meant to be there for each other. But I think a great way to know whether you're inherently introverted or extroverted is to ask the question, how do you refuel? Uh, introverts tend to refuel by being alone. Extroverts tend to re be refueled or re-energized by being around people. Well, I'm more of an introvert by nature. There's a few extroverts in my family who are struggling with social distancing, feeling like they need to get out of the house and talk to people. Uh, but we have eight children. We're not, it's not quiet. And so I'm able to get away. And when I'd go to this condo, I'd go in and it'd be quiet. And I'll tell you for the first 24 hours, it was wonderful. It was just a place where I could re refuel. I was able to get lost in my thoughts and, and really lean into uh, the topic that I was writing about. But even me as an introvert, after about the first day, second day, I'm calling my wife a little bit more. How are you doing? How are the kids? I'm missing you. If I ever got to day three, it was almost agony. It was so quiet. I was alone. I was missing my wife, missing my family. I would call them. I would come up with reasons why I think this is, I'm at a breaking point. I think it's time to come home. <laughs> it's amazing how we are wired socially. And so I'm also not minimizing that social distancing for many can be quite anxiety provoking and can be hard. But there's a couple of things I want to talk about in the realm of a real opportunity that we're in right now. I believe that the social distancing that we have been instructed to participate in, actually has given us a chance to see things that maybe are in our life that are not needed. As my wife and I have been taking the eraser and erasing a lot of these events that we had scheduled over the next couple months and our schedule has opened, even though these are the things that we are absolutely passionate about, it's been kind of nice to winnow down a little and and slow down from the activities of life. I know our society today is boom, boom, one thing to the next. Our calendars are full with social activities, events, sporting, sporting events with the children, children's activities, church events, uh, all the different things that we do through work and work activities. 
Now, I know work is one of those things that is needed. And I understand the stress and strain of, of the uncertainty of our jobs right now. But there are a lot of other things that sometimes can be pushed away. Once again, I'm going to reference you to one of my prior podcasts, episode two, or it's entitled, Who is Dr. Johnny and Why Does He Care? I give a lot of my testimony, and, and there was a huge shifting that took place even in my own life. When I sat down really before uh, my father, God, with a blank sheet of paper, uh, because I really cared what he wanted me to do. I was doing a season at that time of running very hard for him. And the things and the activities I was doing was actually bearing fruit. But I didn't want to be consumed just with activities. We can do things that are good, but not always things that are right. There are a lot of good things to do, but are they righteous? Is, he what's is, it, is it what he is calling us to do? And so I was... I was adamant. I was convinced that I was going to sit before him and ask him what he wanted me to do. And it was a very short list. But one thing he told me to do was to go home and play board games with my kids. It was a turning point in my life. Not that I was neglecting my children or that we didn't play games, but he was calling me actually to a season. We actually call it our hunkering down season. And it was a glorious time. And until the father actually called us into ministry, uh, into the things that I'm doing now, and even this podcast, uh, we could have stayed in that season forever. It was lovely because he, it was what he was calling us to, and we were satisfied in his presence and listening to his voice. And during that hunkering down season, much like the season we're in right now, a lot of those other things needed to go away. And it was okay. And so I would ask you to really pay attention to some of those things that have been erased off of your calendar, the things that you've scribbled a line through, the things that have been canceled. A lot of those things are absolutely what the Father is calling you to. But some of those things can just be time suckers, as my wife would say. Things that just take up our time. The other thing my wife says is that we're supposed to chase passions, not activities. It's key to the health of family. So maybe this is a great time for us to evaluate our lives. What are some things that can be set down? What are some things that could open our calendar that could actually bring health and time to our family? See, I believe over the last 25 to 30 years, there's already been some social distancing. And it's also with the word social, social media. I believe social media has created a disconnect oftentimes between interactions between human beings. And we've lived in a digital world where our interaction becomes a tweet or a, or a post or a text. No, the Father actually created us to touch each other, to need each other, to interact with each other in a real personal way. So I'm also calling culturally to all of you who are listening that even though we are hunkered down in the season, I wouldn't recommend increasing social media. I don't believe we need more distancing by being more digital. But I think it's a great time to actually draw our attention towards one another within our home. So we can learn what isn't needed, but we can also learn what matters most. I remember President Obama, I referenced this before, uh, in his farewell address, it really impacted me because he was talking about uh, just his presidency. 
And he said, you know, at the end of the day, he said, I'm not going to be um, on my deathbed wishing that I, you know, created one more law or enacted one more decree or did one more thing as president. He goes, at the, that moment, he goes, I'm, all my attention is going to be towards my wife, Michelle, and our children. Bill Johnson is a, a, a dynamic, one of the most dynamic Christian leaders that I know have been so influential on in my life. He had a health scare. And he said, he goes, at those times, and this is, this is Bill Johnson, someone who really impacts the world. He goes, I wasn't thinking about the one more conference that I could do or, or one more book that I could write. He goes, I was thinking about my family. See, crisis, when we come up against something, crisis reduces you to what matters most. It's not like we want to live there, but we do want to learn from it. And sometimes with these crisis moments, these times of, of extreme pressure actually opens our eyes to see the things that matter most, to, to sort of slap us in the face and get our attention. And I would submit to you that your family matters most. Just like the leader of the free world said, his family is what matters most. What a great opportunity we are in today. Even though none of us would wish that we were here, none of us like this, and we're all praying that this disappears rather quickly. But none of us, but, but none of us want this to continue. However, what a great opportunity to lean into things of our family. We hear so often in family ministry, oh, I wish we had more time with our children. Well, guess what? Over the next couple of weeks, you're going to have time with your children. Embrace it. Lean into it. Make the most of it. Be super intentional about it. The rhythms of life um, have, have been disrupted. And for a lot of us, anything that has to do with, with change, change is a four-letter word for, for many of us, we get uncomfortable. Um, but I'm asking you to embrace the change over this next couple of weeks. Hopefully it's just a matter of weeks and not months that we can lean into this family time and that we can look back and say, great memories and discussions and conversations were had during this time. So please, parents, be intentional about talking to your children. Husbands and wives, what a great time to just, to just be with each other and look each other in the eyes and have real conversations about life. Make a five and ten year plan. These things are healthy and good for families to do together because you have a little bit of time. Sometimes it's, even when it's out of your control, a little bit of time together to talk about what matters most. I had a great opportunity to talk with one of my friends I was in residency with, one of the dearest men I know and such an influential person in my life. Uh, his name is Matt, and we were talking on the phone, and he's also a, a physician. And uh, he said a line that really impacted me. He said, at times like this, you learn who is yours. So thanks, Dr. Matt, if you're listening. This is a shout out to you. I love you. You are such an influential voice in my life. Times like this, we find out who is yours. This is, this is a hard time, everybody. This can be a struggle. And there, there are people who are financially worried. And, and uh, there are people who are having real health issues. Uh, we are going through this together as a society. So my question for you during this podcast is, who is yours? The Lord gives us people, our realm of influence. Um, and of course, it starts with our family. 
to make sure that our needs are met as a family. This is where we circle the wagons, people. We circle the wagons and we help each other in the realm of protection. This is what family does. And I believe in this season, this is a great opportunity to ask ourselves, who is ours? Who is ours? Who are the ones we are responsible for when things get tough? Who are the people we can call when we are struggling? Who are the people when we are weak and tired that we can lean on, that they can carry us? We need these people in our lives because we are social people. We need to have physical distancing so that we don't spread a virus. But we need to be closer than ever because we do still need each other. See, I think, you know, even when I go to work, it's a different feel, but there's a, I believe there's a greater camaraderie because we're all learning. There's been many times where we've looked at each other and we've said, hey, we're going to figure this out. We've never done this before. And there's a great coming together that can happen when we go through even tough times. I bless all of you and I, and I pray for this country and I pray for you and that there would be grace and life and, and a sound mind as we, uh, as we discuss this and we live through this together. I encourage you to leave any questions, whether they're medical, personal, cultural. Um, I, I, would, I would be happy to entertain those questions and, and maybe even talk about them on our podcast over the next couple of weeks. I also encourage you to talk to each other. Be educated. And, I, and being educated doesn't mean that you forwarded a Facebook post or that you went to some provocative web news site. No, being educated is actually digging in a little and finding out what's true and what's real and what are the facts. Maybe talking to a professional. I could be that person. Just ask a question. Um, and I can do my best from the knowledge that I have to help work our way through some of these things. Don't be afraid to ask questions. It's better to ask questions than to propagate uh, something that is a half-truth or a fallacy or a myth. Find out, ask questions, be informed, and be blessed. Thank you for listening to this podcast. So now let's go together and set the culture.